Thank you for tuning in to the Human Restoration Project radio show. My name is Mayor Tomaski, functional medicine health coach, and I am coming to you from Radio Free Galisteo in the Galisteo Basin of New Mexico. And today, I'm really excited because I have my friend Jennifer Whitaker here with me today to talk to you all about this group idea. So about a month ago, we sort of unpacked a little bit about what was happening out there as COVID restrictions are changing, the world is beginning to engage again, we're, we're you know, probably as vaccinated as we're going to be, and what was the fallout for this time for the people of the world? How are you coping with the changes that you're seeing, the changes in your personal, your professional, your external scaffolding? And about a month ago, we talked a little bit on the show about creating some kind of group around this. And I got some interest and I wanted to bring Jennifer in because of her extensive background and expertise in guiding people through troubling waters. And I'll just share with you a little bit about Jennifer and then I'm going to... um, ask her to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing in this group. So um, Jennifer has had some personal experience of what it's like to move through complex trauma without a support system and how a person can unravel from unresolved trauma years or even decades after the events happened. So in a quest to heal, Jennifer became certified in several modalities that address both blatant and subtle effects of trauma. Her trainings include somatic experiencing, compassionate inquiry, internal family systems, community resilience model, shadow work, and archetypal work. All really powerful modalities to help people explore their inner world. And from experience, I can tell you Jennifer's great at it. I've worked with her professionally. And um, her personal healing journey has transformed her life from one of hopelessness, pessimism, and mistrust to one filled with gratitude, compassion, and kindness. And because she's experienced what's possible, Jennifer is a passionate and gifted about helping others through their struggles with complex trauma. So um, Jennifer has... um, degrees in certified community health worker. She's also a somatic experiencing practitioner, which is the work of Peter Levine, who we have talked about on this show, one of the preeminent trauma specialists in the United States and beyond. And um, Jennifer founded a wellness, uh, telehealth wellness-based private practice serving adult clients, both domestically and internationally, who wish to address their trauma through body-based healing and shadow work. So, um, Jennifer, welcome to the Human Restoration Project. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Mayor, and it's an honor to be here today. Um, I'm excited to engage um, with your guests or get some information out there and see if anybody uh, you know wants further information. Yeah, yeah. So this, we're sort of thinking this little episode of the show here today can be an informational session for anybody who is interested in joining this group that we're creating. And so we thought we might talk a little bit about what the group is going to consist of, what we're going to cover, and how we're going to work with 
the different modalities that both Jennifer and I possess around supporting groups. So with that in mind, our first uh, intro to these group sessions would be what is called in the coaching world, discovering your core value system. And I just want to have Jennifer chat a little bit about the importance of all of us finding our core value system, meaning what is really important to you, what values and integrity monitors do you use in your life that make you feel as though you are living in accordance with your deeply held beliefs. So our beginning to this group is going to be a little bit about helping people discover what their core values are. So Jennifer, in your experience, um, tell me how you feel the power of discovering a core value can help people navigate difficulty. Um, yeah, it, that's a big question um, to start with, and it's also an excellent one to start with mm -hmm. um, because core values is a really big topic to jump into right off the bat, and it's also necessary um, because I think we all know what it's like in our lives to take action, mm. but we're not inspired or motivated by the action we're taking. Mm. You know, like think about that job that you really can't stand, mm -hmm. that you go through the motions um, and, you know, because you need the 401k, because you need, you know, a certain level of income or whatever. And we get stuck in these loops of thinking, there's no other way I can find this in the world. So I have to stay with this job yeah. or I have to stay with this profession or I have to stay with this marriage or I have to continue doing whatever it is that we're just droning through in life and we're not enjoying it. And a lot of times what happens is we don't realize that some of the core values that we're acting upon in our life, like staying in that job that we hate mm. um, or staying in the marriage that has, you know, sexless, loveless marriage that ended five years ago mm. or whatever, um, but we're still in it legally mm. um, and physically. Um, and a lot of times those core values aren't even ours. Mm. They came from what we learned in church in childhood or what, what was instilled in us by our family or by our communities. And we just blindly take on core values that don't belong to us. Um, so I can give you an example from my life, how eye-opening it was, um, because the job example is one that really hits home for me. Um, when I realized that one of the reasons I was super unhappy in a job, I, I used to work um, at a, a museum, a historical society um, before I moved out West here um, several years ago. And on one hand, I loved the job. And on the other hand, I couldn't stand it. I mean, I loved the history and I loved everything that went into it. Um, like what, I, I loved the material, but what I didn't like about the job was the corporate structure. Hmm. Um, I didn't like the hierarchy. I didn't like the politics. Um, and it was really incredibly difficult to get anything done or to foster change within that organization because it was such a politically run organization. Hmm. However, um, you know, I, I made, you know, enough money to make ends meet. Um, you know, I had a pension plan. I had 
uh, health insurance. I had all the things that gave me this sense of security in my life. And then when I really, really got down to my core values, I had this aha moment where I'm like, oh my God, security is my dad's value. I value risk. Yeah, there it is. Security is not mine. Mm. I value the risk that it takes to go out and, you know, because the, the times where I felt the most alive were when I made these decisions and I did something where other people are going, oh my God, what is she doing? I can't believe she made that step. I can't believe that she, you know, moved to that place or I can't believe she bought that house or she, you know, decided to do this. Those were the times when I felt most alive. And so when I really realized that not high levels of risk, you know, like I'm, but some level, like a little bit elevated level of risk is something that I value. Mm. And whenever I opened my own business, because there is risk and becoming self-employed and figuring out how am I going to get my own insurance? I can't rely on somebody. How am I going to set up myself financially? So I have some sort of, you know, IRA or something and do it on my own instead of relying on a company. Whenever I finally took those steps and went out on my own, that's when I really started to open up because my action was aligned with my core value and not somebody else's core value. Mm. Um, so it's the difference between inspired action in your life and uninspired action. So if you're taking uninspired action in your life, there is a very good chance that you are operating based on somebody else's core values. Mm. Um, a lot of people stay in marriages because, and I hear this all the time, I can't get married because I'm whatever, and they'll name whatever their religion is. Uh, They're hanging on to their religion's core values, not their own. Right. So again, these are ways that we give up ourselves and we keep ourselves in cages because we're operating from somebody else's core values and not ours. And that can lead to the perception that I'm trapped. Um, It can lead to the perception that I can't trust anybody Mm. because your life is so miserable by living at somebody else's, living according to somebody else's core values and instead of your own can, can really make it feel like you can't trust anybody. Yeah because your life is so miserable and that and that's what it feels like inside but once you start to break out of that and i'm not encouraging everybody to go get divorced um but it's worth having that hard conversation to find out can we turn this ship around and make this marriage work for us or is it just time to go our separate ways right Um, because those conversations if you don't get to your own core values then you're just going to drone through life and be miserable Yeah, almost like blind in a way. You know, there's a blindness that comes with not knowing thyself on those levels, right? Exactly. And so by discovering our core values right off the bat in the first few weeks with some of the exercises we're going to do, that's going to provide the foundation from which people can rise and find their resilience. Beautifully said. Yeah. And I think that, um, and I think that, you know, just kind of how the group is going to be run it's almost a little bit how we're doing the episode today because we talked about how we're going to start it and then from there it's going to flow because along with shadow work and archetypal work and you know and I think you know this too Mary in, in the work that you do is leading by following and mm. so if we set aside what's going to happen every single week and it goes flows from what we decide 
And that's an easy trap to fall into (laughs) because we talked about this in the planning phases. Um, And where's the feedback from the group? Where is it? Where's the, where are we receiving the input from the group? And that is so, so important, especially once we start to find the core values. And then, you know, after we start to uncover that like weeks three, four, then we're going to start to get feedback from the group. Where do you want to go? What topics do you want to address? And so, or what are some of the themes that start to emerge within the group? that so that's going to navigate us through so we're starting out with a plan that we put together and then from there it's just flowing with with what comes up and leading by following yeah exactly yeah so we'll kind of set the stage for the deep dive into Mm self-inquiry and then with what comes up what what the feedback that comes up from those beginning core value exercises we will then tailor our work in our exploration to what comes up for all of you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it would be valuable for us to talk a little bit about a couple of core values that just to kind of give people an idea of of what we're talking about when we say these words, core values. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are, you know, some different modalities and ways of ferreting out what people's core values are. And one is um, one that we use at FMCA, the school that I work at, called the VIA survey, which VIA stands for values in action. It's a bit of a dry uh, multi uh, question survey for help to help people discover what is really important to them. And then there's a wonderful document that we may be sharing parts of with you that Jennifer has um, put together and you know a couple of core values just to throw this out there as a way for you guys to orient around what we're talking about here so things like integrity accountability commitment dependability honesty sincerity um and then we've got others in uh, in other categories like imagination curiosity creativity openness originality uh, fun, being spontaneous, um, calmness, beauty, um, simplicity, solitude, freedom, independence. And these are all things within the human experience that make us feel as though we're having a meaningful experience of life because we understand what matters most to us. And one that I've always charted for myself is freedom. Freedom is a very big core value for me, as well as fairness. Uh, Those two, I'm the F girl, the freedom and the fairness. For me, if those things aren't present in whatever I'm doing, I begin to get extremely agitated. I can actually begin to get anxious. Um, I can lose sleep. Um, I can get headaches. You know, if I'm living out of accordance with something that's that fundamental, for example, if I feel as though I'm trapped or someone is micromanaging me or, I mean, this is why I've been in business for myself for 30 years, right? I understood this core value very quickly in my life. Um, And maybe it started out as like, check the box does not work well with others. (laughs) And that's sort of what I thought of myself for a long time. I don't work well with others. 
And then what I realized was it's not that. It's I do need a freedom of movement through my day. I, I'm not someone who is good with a nine to five job sitting in front of a computer all day. I can't do it. And me understanding that about myself early on helped me make a choice about my career that enabled me to have a joyful experience of being in the workforce. So Jennifer, you gave this amazing you know, explanation about this museum job where the politics were just not okay, it wasn't working for you. And so when, you when, the, when that really dawned on you and you got that message and decided to go into a, a profession that was more fit better for you, what kinds of things began to happen in your life? Well, um, the, the decision, um, it was more of a push that mm. forced me into the decision um, because I worked at that job when the 07, 08 collapse happened. Oh, wow. And right before, right at Christmas, it was in December, um, we got a letter because the, the fiscal year for that organization was July 1st through June 30th. Okay. So December, um, wrapping up December was the end of the second quarter for their fiscal year. And so they sent out a letter to everybody saying, you know, because of the collapse that had just happened, that there was going to be a wave of layoffs that happened at the end of the third quarter. So they gave us a whole three month heads up. And mm. I do appreciate that very much. Mm. Um, and they had a list of criteria about who was going to get laid off. Well, in my department, I was the low man on the totem pole, and there were only two bullet points on that whole list that didn't fit me. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting the ax, um, you know, which the writing was on the wall. Mm. And so I had a choice. I could look for another job. Um, and if I didn't find one, go on unemployment and take my chances on unemployment, mm -hmm. um, which there is this sense of security that comes with unemployment that, okay, it's not going to be your full salary, but you're going to get some salary. Yeah. So again, there's that sense of security, mm. but that never felt secure to me because it wasn't one of my values. Right. And there was this program starting up a month before the layoffs were actually going to happen. And it was for a massage therapy program. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I have looked at this program and I couldn't understand why, because I didn't grow up in a household or a community where body work or massage or even physical therapy was valued when I was growing up. You went to your medical doctor for whatever it was, and you didn't go to any other practitioner. You went yeah. to your pediatrician if you were a kid, and you went to your medical doctor or your OBGYN when you were an adult. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you just never went outside of that. Right. And I couldn't understand why. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw myself into this program. So I quit my job a month early, and I went into massage therapy school. Wow. Um, I sold off an asset that I had, and that's how I funded my way through that year because I went into a nine-month accelerated program, and one thing led to another, and I became an expert in myofascial body work, myofascial release, um, and then I realized I was working with trauma mm. a lot on my table, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know, I and, and it took me it took me a few years um, to realize that what I learned, because some of my body work classes gave me the false impression, and along with a lot of other practitioners that as a body worker, we knew how to handle trauma. Yeah. And that just wasn't true. And so as I realized that some of those 
incorrect things that I had learned and things that other therapists were doing, you know, when I would go to get my body work sessions were actually having the opposite effect. And I, my, I was being re-traumatized. Mm. Um, not intentionally, don't get me wrong. Nobody intended this to happen. So it wasn't intentional. It just happened. And then I started taking classes, um, to learn how to work with the trauma. So I wasn't doing to my clients what was happening to me and having their trauma surface and then just sending them out into the world with no support or no resources or no understanding on, on what to do with what was coming up. Yeah. Um, because you might walk out of the massage room or away from the body treatment feeling really, really good in the moment. Yeah. And then weeks later, all of a sudden you're getting agitated and you're lashing out at people. So it works so subtly and so subversively. And one thing led to another. And next thing I know, I'm, that's all I do is I'm working in the shadow realms. We call it the shadow realms in, you know, Carl, and that I'm, I'm referring to Carl Jung's work. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Jung talked a lot about the shadow. Um, and the shadow is, a lot of people have this impression that it's scary. Mm-hmm. And the shadow is anything that we don't know about ourselves. Right anything that's yet to be discovered about ourselves. And so a lot of times we do know our shadow. We just don't want to admit it. We know that, you know, like uh, within our shadow, you know, the, the things that are scary, like, yeah, I can get triggered really easily and I can go from like zero to 90 with my anger in the snap of a finger. But if I don't know my core values, just like you were saying earlier, Mm if you don't know your core values, you're going to feel really overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and you're going to have this perception that there's something wrong with me. I'm crazy. Like, why do I do this? I just don't understand it. And instead of realizing that I can be in this job where I love, you know, working with history because history is something I I enjoy. Um, So I could be working in the realm, you know, like in a history museum and also hate my job because there are other things like this high level of politics and this, pressure to suck up to the right person because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yep. there was that pressure. Like you had to know the right people within the organization and, you know, you kind of had to buddy up to them in order to get anything done. Yep. And, um, but anyway, there's, um, and I don't know if it's still like that because it was so long ago, like I've changed staff so much. I don't want to also give the impression that it's still like that. Cause I just truly don't know. Mm. Um, but it was back then. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not living by my core values, I did. It, it felt like I was a, the eternal victim. Mm. Like, look what you did to me. Mm. And then when I realized like one of my values that I valued risk more than I valued security, that gave me the, the courage yeah. to step into, okay, I don't know where I'm headed. I don't have this safety net under me of unemployment checks or health insurance or anything. I left all that behind and one thing led to another. And I'm not saying it wasn't scary yeah, because it was, it was a really scary time in my life and it was highly stressful. Um, and, and there were times I'm like, okay, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to put food on the table next week. And I was a single parent through all of this. Um, but what I do know is that if we don't have clarity of our own core values, and we're not really clear on what that is, there is no way we're going to have a sense of trust of anyone in the world around us Mm. because inside of ourselves, we know that we can't trust ourselves to operate from our own foundation of core values. And if we can't trust ourselves, 
that's going to get projected out to everyone and everything in the world around us that I can't trust anyone in the world. I can't trust you. I can't trust this. I can't trust my job. Yeah. And so we're going to have that severe lack of trust. Mm. And so to build trust, you have to start trusting yourself mm. and operating from your own values. And then that's going to lead to um, resiliency. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to do um, within the group is help people discover their core values. And what people will find is that their core values are vastly different from other people. Yeah. Um, you know, because in, in the list that you were reading, you know, some other core values that don't really, they're not really my core values, mm -hmm. um, but they are core values for some people. Some people really, truly value um, wealth. Exactly. And so if wealth is your core value, admit it yeah. and put that as part of your foundation and operate from that. This is Radio Free Galisteo. Music and information from the Galisteo Basin. Radio Free Galisteo is listener supported. Go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and click on our Patreon support button to become an active supporting member of Radio Free Galisteo. And it's very simple. And if your core value is wealth and mine isn't, that's okay. Yeah. Because yeah. we all have different core values. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like we come in with them. But taking on the core values, you know, just like... Um, this perception, you know, that you have to, you can only be successful if you're a doctor or a lawyer, mm -hmm. or, you know, you have, you know, some CEO or COO or, mm -hmm. you know, one of the C, COs, CFOs, <laughs> CIOs, whatever of the company, you know, those perceptions, like having that level of power, some people really do hold those as core values. Yeah. Um, and how you can tell if somebody's operating from their core values is the integrity through which they walk through the world. Mm. Because integrity is that inspired action when our actions align with our core values. And so if somebody is adopting somebody else's core value of wealth or success or power, for example, they're not going to have integrity. And you can see it. You can see when somebody is integral or not. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so. you know, that fear that you spoke about, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put food on the table. I'm a single mother. Those mm -hmm. fears oftentimes prevent us from taking yes. those steps. That is, I'm mm -hmm. not willing to endure what it means to do something different exactly. because the suffering, the hit I could take mm -hmm. is enough of a deterrent. And so right. when that comes up, um, those fears and, and that's sort of what I want to put out to anybody interested in doing this, that you can discover some things through this work that could be, uh, you know, in that realm of risk taking or destabilization. And you have to sort of do this calculated assessment of, you know, how much of, us, of this can I seed in to not hurt myself too badly as I transition to a new life or different things in my life. And so through this group, I'm hoping that we would offer support and encouragement and strategy and so that we help you decide this is all based on each person's preferences and each person's readiness you know how do i make a calculated risk how do i make a risk that 
brings new things to my life and yet doesn't destabilize too much. And there's, you know, these ways of compromising to move through into new things, regardless of your age, regardless of where you're at. Is there a way to improve your quality of life given everything that's happened, given all of the norms that have dropped away and some new opportunities have risen, others have fallen to the wayside. How do we navigate these new uncharted territories? And, you know, I sort of originally began thinking about this because what I'm seeing in my clients and my friends and the news and the world is that right now we don't really have a roadmap. Right. And there are some things that have changed outside of our control. We may not have changed them willingly if we had had a choice. And yet here we find ourselves in this new place. And so one of the ideas around this group is to just ask the questions, do the inquiry, use the skills and strategies, offer support for anybody who is looking to take a hard look at what just happened to us in the past two years, right? Um, right. And and maybe even assess how it's actually affected your life. And, and in part of this is, is my own journey of realizing I thought I was doing really, really well. And then at some point I had to really admit to myself, I'm not doing that well. Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm living right. my core values, even though I'm still supported in so many ways, I am not doing that well with trying to figure out how things are going to be moving forward so that I meet these new challenges intelligently and have thought them through so that I can move into not only continued growth in my life, but um, not stagnating out of fear. And, mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of fear out there right now. So yes. um, between Jennifer and I, and, and our skills in some ways overlap and in some ways are quite different. And our, it, it's so interesting hearing your story, Jennifer, because so much of, you know, what prompted you to move into being self-employed and going into a healing modality based on your internal desires mimics my own story of just knowing, you know, I am not one who is going to do well with politics, um, not right. well that's going to do one with hierarchies, um, yeah. not one who's going to do well with... Um, micromanagement or power trips. Uh, that is something right. so offensive to my core values. Power trips are something I just can't endure. I can't endure them. I will not, I refuse. And mm -hmm. so I have figured out a way to be this little island over here. And yeah. so for all of this, you know, for all of you listening right now, what are you thinking about? What has come up for you as we've been sharing these stories and throwing out these ideas? Um, and is it of interest to you to come into this group and do a little bit of strategizing and discovery and then find a way forward that feels really inspired, like Jennifer was saying, that inspired sense of meaning and purpose, you know, in your life? And, and do you still have that? And then another topic, too, is and I was listening to the radio yesterday and there actually there was a, a show that was going to come on to discuss and I thought this was really brilliant. Have you lost touch with your friends through COVID? You know, while we've been staying inside, not going out, not reaching out. And I had to realize, yes, there's many friends I have that have slipped through my fingers throughout COVID. And when I realized that, I, I had a moment of like deep sadness that I had somehow lost track of some of my most dearest, blessed people in my life. 
And, you know, are there things like that that we all need to think about? What's troubling you? What's holding you back? How can we help you take a look at some of this stuff and make strategic steps that feel safe yet still exciting to help you move through this next phase of what's happening out there in the world? And we do want it to be like Jennifer said, we are going to give you prompts, ask you questions, and then whatever comes back is what we're going to swim in. And so is there anything else, um, Jennifer, you want to add? We've got about 10 minutes left. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else you feel that people might need to know or something you want to share with people about any other nuance of either your um your education and experience or what you perceive the group could become? Well, one thing I want to add before I go into that question is, you know, you made the comment a couple minutes ago that, you know, we don't have a roadmap for any of this. Yeah. Um, and discovering your core values is coming up with your road, your own roadmap. Exactly. And there's a reason we don't have a roadmap because the roadmap, it's impossible to have one road roadmap that applies to everybody because we all have different core values. That's right. Um, so when I say that, you know, one of my values is risk, um, I don't expect everybody in the group to have risk as one of their core values and to be able to take this, the same steps that I did because to some people, the steps I took and not having any safety net at all, yeah. um, when I took that step, that would be really extreme to some people. Yeah. However, it aligned with my core values. Yeah. So being able to own it and saying that, wow, I'm glad you did what you did and your core values are different. So if somebody in the group identifies their core values as having stability yeah. or security yeah. or, or a greater sense of safety yeah. um, or wealth, or, or sometimes people do value that hierarchy, whatever those values are, if they uncover that that's their values, then we will find a way you know, to help them create their roadmap so their next action will align with their values and not trying to do what aligns with me. And I think that's a problem that happens a lot on social media, clubhouse, things like that. Um, people will figure out what works for them and then they try to project that out and yeah. pretend that that's going to work for everybody else. Exactly. Instead of helping people. So I think that's one thing that's going to set our group apart is that we're not taking people through some agenda or protocol at the very beginning. We're going to help you uncover your foundation. And because everybody's foundation is different, then their journey is going to look very different. And that's not only okay, but it's also necessary yeah. if we're going to find a sense of purpose or fulfillment in life. Um, and so, so I, think, I think that's an important thing to add is that everybody's journey is going to look a little bit different. And I really wanted to say out loud and name that I'm not going to try to force or encourage anybody to take the same level of risk that I did, because I know, like I said, I have an elevated level of risk that I value. Yeah. Um, and so if somebody's thinking like, oh my God, she's nutso for <laughs> like not having a security net or something, yeah. that's okay because that's probably not your value. Exactly. And so we'll help you get to, if you're uncertain of what your values are, we'll help you get to what yours are and help you sort out and pick apart which values were yours and which values did you accept that really aren't yours. Yeah. 
um, because we're going to look at our values. We're going to look at what we do with our life, how we spend our time, how we spend our money. You know, we're, we're really going to pick it apart and really start to line up what's what. Um, and where I see the group going, um, you know, it, for the group to go anywhere, participation is going to be really important. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as coaches, um, we're a little bit different than clinicians because coaches often give um, homework assignments. <laughs> and the homework assignments are not required. Um, you're not going to get an F or anything like that. If you don't do your homework, we're not going to pass or fail you. Um, but you're not going to get as much out of the group. Right. Um, and it's going to be really hard for the group to move forward if people aren't participating. So if you're coming into this group and expecting to just passively sit by and observe and not participate, this probably isn't the group for you. Um, so I, it's important to come into this with a willingness um, and being willing to participate in the activities, to participate in the group and to, to speak up sometimes and to give some feedback and to give some input and to interact with others rather than just passively sit by with your screen off the whole time. Yeah. Um, and we are going to encourage people to turn their video on when on these Zoom meetings um, and not, um, you know, whenever possible. Mm -hmm. um, because I do understand, you know, like if somebody from some remote region of Alaska decides to sign up for the group, you know, <laughs> their Wi-Fi signal is not strong enough. It might only be possible to have audio and not video to maintain the connection. I get that. However, I think for the vast majority of the people who sign up, plan on participating yeah. um, because that's really going to determine where the group goes. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't come with an attitude of participation and willingness, um, then it's going to fall flat. Yeah, well said. The growth mindset and personalization. Proactive, think, proactive growth mindset. Proactive <laughs> growth mindset. Yes. And and yes. knowing that our aim here is to individualize these processes for everyone. So, you know, like Jennifer said, it's it's about your journey and not comparing ourselves to others and finding our deeply held desires within our own selves. So this will be a very personal journey. There is not like a one size fits all, like paste it on, here's what you're gonna do. This is gonna be about self-discovery, sharing vulnerability. And <clears throat> like, I really appreciate some of these questions here. Um, like Jennifer said, we're gonna be exploring, you know, where do you spend most of your time? What do you spend your money on? What captures your attention? Because we know attention is now a commodity in these days and times. Sure. So what, you know, maybe three of your top ways to actually spend your time each day. Um, do you spend more time watching TV or, and less time reading? Um, you know, what, what kind of TV are you watching? What captures your imagination about what you're watching? How do you surround yourself? What does your home look like? Your spaces in which you live and where you spend most of your time, your living room, your office, your kitchen, carefully observing all of the things you surround yourself with. Um, how do you spend your money? What will you always find yourself buying? Um, what are the top three things that you inwardly think about a lot throughout the day? I mean, these are the kinds of questions that are on Jennifer's, um, she calls this discovering your life GPS system. So, and these are questions we often don't sit down and ask ourselves. So we're going to be asking the questions that most people don't naturally ask themselves on a regular basis and then wait for the answer to come back. 
um, and then act on that information, right? Like we're seeking, we're seeking deeper um, knowledge through these open-ended questions, and then we'll hopefully take action on what comes back. Right. And one thing I can add here is one area where people get tripped up, where it can very quickly become evident that their behaviors and what they're actually doing doesn't align with their values mm. is um, just to give people a snippet. Um, it often is what do you spend your money on? Yeah. Yes. Um, because when um, a lot of times people realize that, oh, my gosh, I spend um, I, I've seen this with women, um, but I've, I've seen it with men, too. Mm. Um where, oh my goodness, I spend a lot of money on purses and shoes and clothes, or I spend a ton of money at Sephora or whatever, but they realize that that has nothing to do with them. Mm. That's not something that they value because whenever we uncover the values, sometimes the values um, are all about, you know, like adventure or outdoors or, you know, it has nothing to do with how they look or vanity or anything like that. So where did that core value come from and what's prompting that behavior? So sometimes things like that um, are really informed by the core values of the the larger society or collective core values. Yeah. You know, where we see all these billboards and we're inundated with advertising that tells us that we should look be or a certain way or we should dress a certain way or we should get our nails done or have our makeup done a certain way. So that oftentimes what people spend their their time and their money on is often, not always, but often a, a real divergence. Yeah. So again, just to give people something to think about, yeah. and because that's one of the easier ones to uncover. Um, and some of the other ones um, like really do get to the heart of some of your values. Um, and when you realize your values and you start to align your actions and what you actually do in your life with your values, then you start to have less worry. Mm. You experience less anxiety. Mm-hmm. You experience less self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And so the the ripple effect of going through these exercises and actually participating can be fantastically ginormous. And it can really turn your life around without having to make huge changes in your life. And what I mean by that is you don't have to sell your house. Right. Um, you don't have to quit your job. You don't have to run away and you know move to another country. Let's start right here where we are and see if we can make the shift internally. Because when you shift internally, things naturally shift externally. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. And thank you for clarifying that. And making sure that that was out there and, and understood. And we're thinking these are going to be about 90-minute sessions uh, once a week on Zoom. And hopefully support will begin to emerge among the members. So you may make new friends and you may find new allies and people that are really supportive that you would take with you, you know, into your life. We are looking at cost somewhere, $85, $95 that we haven't quite, quite nailed that down, but it's going to be in that, in that bracket and six. I, I think it's going to end up being right around $15 per week. Thank you. Yes. About $15 per week. Yeah. About $15 per week um, for seven weeks, which is right at a hundred dollars. Yeah. And that, you know, what you're going to get out of this for $15 is 
is far more than you would get you know you're going to be paying 15 dollars for what you would probably be paying 150 to 200 for for one-on-one -on -one consultations so this is why the magic right. of groups is so wonderful because we disperse the cost of it through our, through the members but you're getting the quality of guidance that you would get in a private coaching session which costs anywhere from 100 to 250 dollars so it's a great bang for your buck and it's done you know the group magic you know groups tend to end up having their own wisdom their own intelligence that can be absolutely magical when everyone shows up and everyone's engaged and everyone is kind and listening to each other and giving people the space to share sharing appropriately and supporting each other with non-judgment it can be such a healing experience to come together with your fellow human beings and given that some of our problems that came out of this last two years have been a sense of isolation um Hopefully this, I mean, I know many of you have been on Zoom with family and we're very comfortable with Zoom now. It's not the same as being in person, but this does give you a little community to dip into that can be supportive for what you're planning for your life as we move forward. So um, I hope that this is interesting to you guys. I have definitely gotten some interest, which is wonderful. And so if you are interested, um, I am going to be sending out an email um, to obviously all of you that have already told me are interested but I may throw the net wider Jennifer's got some people as well and I'm going to include this recording on there um, so that it can give people a little more of a understanding about what we're going to be doing how this might unfold and again it's going to be some tried and true strategies for self-discovery and then allow the group to unfold in whatever way it's meant to unfold based on the participants needs and and desires so Mayor Tomaski, okay. functional medicine health coach here on Radio Free Galisteo. This is the Human Restoration Project radio show, and I'm here today with Jennifer Whitaker, who is a compassionate inquiry, trauma-informed counselor, and we are going to hopefully be launching this group in the next, I don't know, month or so. And Jennifer, before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to add? If anybody ha wants, has questions mm. or wants clarification, reach out mm -hmm. um, because I'm happy to answer questions. Um, if anything that I said today you found confusing or you'd like to know more about before you make an informed decision to join the group, um, I'm happy to field your questions. Yeah. Um, so um, my email is info at jenniferwhitaker.com. Um, and so that's I-N-F-O, the at symbol, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-W-H-I-T-A-C-R-E.com. Um, so I'm happy to field questions. And I hope that uh, if you're interested in the group, that you'll show up with a, a mindset of curiosity to mm -hmm. see what you can discover about yourself. Yeah. And I know that that can be um, really uncomfortable to let go of a core value that you took from somebody else, especially if it was one that was given to you, you know, by a parent, you know, like a dad who said you have to have a certain job. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, if you're if you're a doctor, you know, just to be accepted by your your father, even though you don't want to be a doctor. Um, I, I hope you'll you'll show up with a level of curiosity and Mayor and I are here to support you through the discomfort of that. Yeah. 
um, as you get your legs under you and find your own core values. Um, and I and, and I also hope that um, you like the prospect of you know choosing your topics instead of us choosing them for you. So what we'll do is we'll help identify like, oh, wow, look at what came out of this group. Like, here's a theme. Like a lot of people talked about this this week and it just kind of naturally and organically happens. So we might pick out themes and, you know, point them out to you and bring them to your attention. But what we're really hoping is that you'll give feedback and say, wow, based on what came up, I'd like to learn more about this. And that's going to inform the topics. Though that type of feedback is going to inform the topics of what we do moving forward beyond discovering your core values. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, that's it. So um, I hope this was a helpful bit of information to explain a little bit more fully what we have in mind. And uh, you'll be getting that email in the next couple of days to give you the opportunity to ask questions. Both Jennifer and I's email will be attached to that. So you'll be able to respond to either of us or both of us with any questions or concerns you might have. And we'll just slowly walk our way through starting this. We'll, we'll have a start date soon and we'll let you know that. And if anybody else uh, is interested, you just got Jennifer's email. You also have the email that's attached to this program for me, which is HRP, as in Human Restoration Project, O-N-R-F-G, which stands for Radio Free Galisteo, at gmail.com. So it's HRP, O-N-R-F-G, at gmail.com. So, and many of you have my private email already, which is absolutely fine to use. So this is Mayor Tomaski and Jennifer Whitaker coming to you from Radio Free Galisteo on the Human Restoration Project radio show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Here's to your health. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.